as we get into God's word today, let's pray together and ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, we ask in these moments that you would speak and that you would move in our lives, draw us close to you so that we would live our lives for you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, my name is Tanner Turley. I serve as the lead pastor of Redemption Hill, and I know that your life has been thrown into just a crazy season as we all respond to this pandemic that we're facing. And that's certainly been true for us as a church. We've moved everything online, not only Sunday worship, but also our groups as well as prayer gatherings. But I can't tell you how encouraged I am as one of the pastors of Redemption Hill to see how engaged people have been over these last couple of weeks. And I can tell you, I've talked to numerous group leaders who have said, these have been some of the best groups that we've had. And I know that's been my experience. Listen, I've been leading groups for almost 15 years. And I can tell you that the last two weeks have been some of the best. We've had people sharing from their hearts, just honest and vulnerable, sharing different fears and anxieties that they're facing. But not only that, we've been able to encourage one another and support one another and help one another in our time of need. And that's what I want to do for you and for us today. As we continue this help series, I want to help us face our anxiety. This is a very difficult season for our world. You know that death tolls are rising across Europe and we're seeing an increasing spike in the number of cases throughout America. And there are so many uncertainties, uncertainties abound. And we're asking questions like, how long is this going to go on? Am I going to get sick? Or my family members and loved ones, friends, especially maybe friends who are healthcare professionals, are they going to contract this virus? I know we have couples in our church that are engaged to be married who are asking, what's going to happen with our wedding plans? We have parents who have all of the sudden now not just put on their professional hats working from home, but they're also continuing to be parents and now school teachers and asking how long they can keep this up. We're faced with financial questions. Is our country going to go into a time of recession? Are my personal finances going to hold up? Am I going to be able to provide for our basic needs? What about my job? Am I possibly going to lose my job or be placed on furlough or even laid off for a season? And if I'm laid off, will I be able to come back to work? Listen, we don't know how long this is going to go on with stay-at-home advisories in place. And all of these unanswered questions create anxieties in our lives that we know are like a war in our mind and in our heart. And anxiety can also feel like a weight in our souls. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 25. It says that anxiety weighs down the heart. And so listen, whether anxiety is an occasional challenge for you or a dreadful nemesis, 
I want to share with you some words from God's word that will instruct and encourage us on how we can experience his peace as we fight against our anxieties. And we see this from the book of Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine. And so I want you to listen carefully or you can uh, open your Bible, click on the the comments link where uh, these verses are linked ready for you to read along with me to the words of the Apostle Paul, a letter of encouragement that he wrote these early followers of Christ in the ancient city of Philippi. This is what Paul says to them beginning in verse six of chapter four. He says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Today, I wanna share three encouragements on how we can experience freedom from anxiety through the God of peace? That's the question I want to answer. How can we experience freedom from anxiety through the God of peace? Let me show you three ways we can do this from these four verses. Number one, run to God in prayer. Run to God in prayer. Notice that I said run. I'm not talking about walk. I'm not talking about, you know, so many people are out. Thank God we can get out of our houses and enjoy, you know, walks through the neighborhood and maybe wave to a neighbor and have a conversation. Uh, But but listen, uh, we need to run to God. We We need to live with urgency, to move with freedom because this is how we're going to fulfill the impossible command at the beginning of verse six. Did you catch it? What did it say? Do not be anxious about anything. I mean, you're saying, Tanner, look, that's, that's impossible. And I'm saying to you, you're right. It is impossible, but not impossible with God. God is the solution for our anxieties. What what are we talking about when we talk about anxiety? Anxiety is an emotion that is produced by future fear. When we we think about our emotions and we have feelings of anxiety, they're uh, produced when we think about the consequences of unmet desires. Anxiety is future-oriented. That's why Ed Welch, in his excellent book, Running Scared, he says that worriers are visionaries minus the optimism. Anxiety shows us that, that, that 
there may be any area of our life under any circumstance, but yet it can show up in our hearts. You may have a fair amount of money and a decent job, but you may be fearful that you'll lose that money or lose that job. Or maybe you need a job or need more money in your life right now and you're worried and anxious about how you're going to get it. Anxiety shows up in so many different ways. And I just wanna ask you today, what makes you anxious? And not only that, what does your anxiety say about what's happening in your soul? And the reason I ask that is this. The anxiety is, is telling us about what's going on under the surface, at the level of our hearts. Because we get anxious about the things that we love and we value the most. It may be relationships. It may be possessions. It may be our reputation. It may be our desire for comfort and convenience but our anxieties are, are showing us what we're concerned about the most. That's why our anxieties actually can show us what we idolize in life. And when we think about idolatry, what we're talking about is anything in our lives that we value more than we value God. Anything that is taking the rightful place in, in our thoughts and in our affections that God belongs in that place. And so what is the solution for our anxieties? Let me tell you something. Freedom begins when we take our eyes off of our circumstances and put them on to God. That's why Paul, when he says, do not be anxious about anything, he immediately says, but in everything, everything with prayer, in supplication, make your request known to God. We see here, it's as if Paul was walking through the streets of Boston and saw these triple-decker homes. He triple-decks three terms, all speaking to the reality of prayer. He says prayer, request, and supplication. He, he's, he's showing us that it's by bringing God into the equation that we experience freedom from our anxieties. In prayer, we are saying that God is greater than our greatest fears. And this teaches us that anxiety is cured in our lives by addition, not by subtraction. Anxiety is cured by addition, not subtraction. Let me tell you what I mean. So often, this is how we think about our lives. We think, hey, if I could just get rid of this circumstance, then I would be freed from my anxieties. In our current circumstance, you may be thinking like, hey, after this pandemic is over, I'm not gonna be worried about my finances. I'm not gonna be worried about my relationships. I'm not gonna be worried about getting sick. But let me tell you why that simply is not true. Number one, Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so when one set of circumstances is released, another set of circumstances is going to come our way. And we live in this fallen world. Life is not perfect. There's always gonna be something that we could be anxious about. 
But then number two, not only that, but, but anxiety is not about our circumstances, what's happening around us, but anxiety is about our hearts and what is happening within us. That's why we need to bring God into the equation through prayer. Ed Welch talks about a worldview like this. He says, there is an entire worldview implicit in some work that says, no one is really looking out for you. You are an orphan in a chaotic universe that operates according to chance. Now, you take that statement and you juxtapose it with the first two words that Jesus taught us to pray when he taught us to pray, our Father. When we come to God as our Father, we're remembering that he's promised to be with us. We remember the words of Romans 8.32 when God said, if, if I didn't spare my own son, but I sent him to suffer in your place for your sorrows and your sin, how will I not also graciously with him give you all things? I'm gonna take care of you. These are the promises that we have from God. And so when we pray and bring God into the equation, we begin to set our hearts at ease. We, we know that God is with us. He's for us. He's going to take us through these circumstances. But Paul says that we should pray by, number one, presenting requests to God. That's what the word supplication means. It means to present requests to God. It's simply saying something like this, God, I need some help here. I mean, what would happen if you just, I mean, prayer is not about the amount of words that we, we, we mount up, but, but it's just simply coming to God with a sincere heart. So what if you just started praying two words, word prayers? Father, help. Father, heal. Father, move. Pray short prayers like this. Father, change our hearts including this anxious one. I love the words of 1 Peter 5, 7 that say this, cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Listen, whatever matters to you matters to God. He's our father. He's interested in our lives, but, but he not only cares, because he cares, he's inviting us to come to him. This idea of casting our cares, bringing all of our requests to God, it has the idea of throwing our uh, anxieties into the hands of God, letting him control, take control again of our lives and of our anxiety. So Paul says, pray by presenting requests, but then I love this next part. This is one of the secrets of experiencing freedom from anxiety. Number two, pray with thanksgiving. That's what he says in verse six. If fear focuses on something that we're afraid of losing in the future, then gratitude is thankful in recognizing what God has already done in our lives right now. And so we need to live in the now. We need to live in today. We don't need to be so concerned about, Jesus said, hey, tomorrow will be worried for itself. Don't, don't be worried about tomorrow. Recognize what God has done for you right here today. 
That's why one pastor said that gratitude is worries kryptonite. It makes our anxieties and worries weaker and weaker when we wake up. Hey, here's a challenge for you this week. Wake up every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wake up every day and just write down something you're grateful for. Maybe, maybe pray it. Maybe speak it to someone else. Hey, post it on social media. Wake up and count your blessings. Express gratitude to God. And then before you go to bed at night, express gratitude again. What if we did that every single day this week? I can tell you what's gonna happen. Our anxieties are gonna be pushed out because we're continually bringing God into the equation. Anxiety is cured by addition, not subtraction. It happens first when we run to God in prayer. But then number two, what I want you to see in verse seven is not only should we run to God in prayer, but we should receive God's peace through Christ. Look at what verse seven says again. It says, and the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart's in your minds, in Christ Jesus. This is what happens when we pray. This is what happens when we run to God. The peace of God floods our hearts. And yet, I want to point out a fatal flaw that so many people make. So many people falsely assume that, hey, if I pray, I can just experience the peace of God no matter where I am and my relationship with God. But one of the biblical principles that we see throughout Scripture is this, is that in order to experience the peace of God, we need to experience peace with God. You notice that Paul says that this, this peace of God is going to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a reality for us because we have had our relationship with God restored through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you're saying, well, Tanner, uh, help me out. I, I, I really haven't been living my life for God. I've never, I've never really connected with God through Jesus. I've never had this relationship restored that you're talking about. How can I have that? Well, Romans 5.1 tells us, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that tells us is that it's by faith, by trusting, not just believing certain things are true, that Jesus lived a life, uh, he, he died on the cross even. You can even believe in an intellectual sense that God raised Jesus from the dead and yet not have true saving faith. Because true saving faith trusts God with our entire lives. It's releasing control, surrendering our lives over, saying, God, you made me for a relationship with you, and now I live to live for you. When we make that kind of commitment and we experience saving faith, then the Bible says, Romans 5 says that we're justified by faith. That means that we're counted righteous through what Christ has done on our behalf that no longer does our sin separate us. No longer are we, would we in a court of law be declared guilty. Justification is a legal term. No, we would be acquitted and counted in a right standing with God. This is what we have because of Jesus. 
And so it's those who experience peace with God now can experience the peace of God. And what does it say about the peace of God? Well, number one, verse seven says that that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It's unexplainable. The Greek word literally means, it could be translated, that this peace rises above every mind. I mean, think about it. When you live with the peace of God, there are gonna be people in your life, they're gonna be seeing these circumstances that you're going through. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe finances are tough. Maybe someone you love is very, very sick. And yet you have a peace in your life. What your life is going to show them is that there is something going on inside of you that confounds what's happening around you. They're going to say, wow, this person has an, an invisible strength that I cannot explain. And that's because the peace of God is ruling your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And not only that, does the peace of God surpass all understanding, but Paul says it guards our hearts and minds. He's using a military term. It refers to an army that's surrounding a city, protecting it from all enemies. It's saying, you're not coming in here. That's the kind of protection that the peace of God brings to our hearts and minds. When we begin to have doubts or we get these negative thoughts or these worries start creeping up and we start thinking about the future and everything that could go wrong or what might happen to us or the people that we love, God's peace fortifies us. It strengthens us. That's why we keep coming back to Psalm 46, which says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What that Psalm is saying and what Philippians 4 is saying is that God is our security. God is, is with us and he's protecting us. It makes sense why Thomas Merton would once say that anxiety is a mark of spiritual insecurity. When when we have anxiety, it shows that we are spiritually insecure. But when we have the peace of God, we're saying, God, you are my security. You are my fortress. You are my peace. And so number one, we need to run to God in prayer. Number two, we need to receive God's peace through Christ. And then the third thing I want you to see today from verses eight and nine this this final way that we can experience freedom from anxiety is to shift our mindset. We have to shift our mindset. Look again at what, what, what Paul says in verse eight. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Paul is is communicating what the Bible so many times would tell us, that there is a constant battle going on for the focus of our minds. 
Where will we set our minds? Will we set our minds on things that that create anxiety in our life, that have a destructive effect to our souls? Or will we set our minds on the character of God and his kingdom and experience his peace? When, When Paul says to think about, he's using a strong word that means to drill down, to meditate, to carefully consider. We should be beating these qualities into our minds. Truth, that that our thoughts and action would line up with reality. That which is honorable is talking about that which is respectable and dignified. That which is just is that which is right in the eyes of God. Purity is that which is free from contamination. If anything is lovely, it's worthy of acceptance. For something to be commendable means it's worthy of our admiration. If anything is excellent, it means that it has virtue and moral goodness. And if anything is worthy of praise, it is saying that it deserves our applause and our esteem. And so I just want to ask you in these days where maybe you're, you're, you're sheltered in place and you have more time to get on your phone and watch the TV and see what's feeding in the news feeds and the social media feeds, I just want to ask you, what are you feeding your mind with? Are they things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are commendable, just, things that are excellent and worthy of praise? Listen, we have a great opportunity. We were talking about this in my group this week that, that we often say, wow, if, if, you know, if I just had more time, then I would be more devoted to God. If I just had more time, I would focus on the things of God. Well, guess what? Now, so many of us have so much more discretionary time. How are you using it? Are you using it to think on the things of God, to, to allow his truth to fortify your life? and bring you the peace that he desires for you to experience. Listen, the beautiful thing when we do this is that we begin to see verse nine come into motion, where Paul gives himself as an example. He says, whatever you learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So we need to live in community. We talked about this last week where we we see how other people are living out this, this powerful life that God intends. But we not only need to see that and emulate it, we need to be that for the people around us. And when we do, we will experience this kind of freedom that God is inviting us to today. I love the words of St. Augustine, who put it like this. He says this about the reality of peace in our lives. He said, God alone is the place of peace that cannot be disturbed. Do you long for peace in your life? Do you long for that peace with God, to have a right relationship with God again through Jesus Christ? Listen, I have to tell you, God's arms are open to you today. He sent Jesus, who left the peace of heaven to enter our troubled and anxious world. And not only that, he went to the cross to die so that we could have this peace with God again, taking on our sin, our shame, our sorrow, our death, that through his life, death, and resurrection, 
we might have abundant life and eternal life forever. And so I want to invite you today, listen, if, if, if that's you, you can raise your hand on, on our online platform on Redemption Hill's website, or you can uh, just make, comment, make a comment that you want more information on what it means to follow Jesus and experience this peace with God. We're here for you to help you take your next steps. But not only that, maybe you're there today and you're saying, Tanner, everything you're saying about anxiety, being worried about the future and what's gonna happen and how I'm gonna experience freedom from this, listen, maybe it's just right now starting to cast your anxieties on God through prayer. Listen, I wanna pray for you right now and I want you to pray with me because God alone is the place of peace that cannot be disturbed. And so would you pray with me and let's lift our anxieties to God and allow his peace to flood our hearts right where we are right now. God, we thank you that you have given us your truth, which shows us how we can navigate the difficult moments and seasons in our lives. And so God, we acknowledge that we need your presence to give us your peace. Lord, whatever it is right now, we lift up our anxieties to you, whether it's the health of loved ones, the, the financial securities of our families or those around us, uh, maybe medical workers that are putting their lives at risk day by day, going to serve those who are sick and in need of your healing touch. God, we pray for them. We ask that you would bring your peace into our lives as we turn to you and live our lives with gratitude day by day. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.